You are listening to Heal Yeah with Colleen Ziegler, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes and podcasts exploring wholeness living, trance channeling, energy work, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heal Yeah podcast. I am your host, Colleen Ziegler, and today in the studio, I have with me Hanley Bradfield. Hi, thank you for having me, Colleen. Thank you for joining us, Hanley. Hanley has got an amazing story to share with us today. Uh, She is an occupational therapy assistant as well as a yoga teacher, and she specializes in kundalini and vinyasa. But in August of 2018, Hanley suffered a traumatic brain injury that put her life to a halt and her yoga practice and her occupational therapy. So can you tell us a little bit about that story, Henley? Definitely. So um, it was August 25th of 2018. Uh, my fiance and I were riding those silly little bird scooters that they have all around town. And we it was our first day. We'd been riding them for a while. And long story short, I don't know if I hit a rock or the brake locked up or what happened, but um, Despite knowing better, I wasn't wearing a helmet, and I went straight over the front of the handlebars and into the ground. Um, I don't actually remember that, and I'm glad for that. I've driven back down the street. I've been back to the scene, and I don't remember, and I hope I don't. Um, But we left there, and we didn't realize how significant it was at first, so we went home and kind of regrouped for a second. But as soon as we got there, my sister took one look at me and they quickly decided this was this was hospital time. Oh, so. wow. So you, the injury happened and then you went home. Yes. Because oh at first it seemed like I was just, had taken a big tumble. And so uh, I was kind of coherent. And then some way on the way home, I, I turned to my fiance and I was like, why aren't we riding those scooters anymore? And he was like, oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. So we just went home, changed clothes really quick because I was a little bit scraped up and then headed straight for the hospital um, once we got the fam. And I'm assuming you hit your head on concrete. Yes. Yeah, directly into the concrete. And it was the front right side of my head. Um, So once we got to the hospital, they got me in the ER, took a little look, and a quarter of my brain was covered with blood. And it was an epidural hematoma. So in between the brain and the skull was just thick with blood. Um, And they think that maybe a vein and an artery had hemorrhaged. Uh, It was just a real mess. But there was some debate between doctors, and they decided not to do surgery to relieve the pressure that night. They, um, which is always the best option if you can not be invasive about it. And um, instead, I just spent like a week in the neuro ICU and then a regular hospital room. And I, I was back home by the end of the week um, to recover at home. So um, they also mentioned the night that I had the injury that they thought they saw a tumor that was pre-existing. Mm. So the whole situation was just very much up in the air, like for us, what the the effects of the accident were to what the prognosis was for recovery. Everything was pretty much just wait and see, monitor. Um, They put me on some anti-seizure medications because I did not have one, but Mm -hmm. that's super common with head injuries. So that was pretty much the only preventative thing. And they were like, well, go home and rest. Like, we'll follow up. I was like, what? <laughs> I'd been begging to go home for days. And once I finally got to go home, I was like, wait, what? Wait, like, I got to do it. No one's going to take care of me. <laughs> but, but what happens next? Um, so yeah. what What was, and I know you said that, that they didn't know what the future held, mm-hmm. but what was their 
prognosis at the time as far as like your healing time? Did they say, oh, you're going to be better next week or this is going to be several years down oh, the road? No, they said um, they said six months recovery, potential permanent effects with some issues, probably mild, but they were like, we we think that it will take up to six months probably to really even see all the blood fully dispersed from the brain. Mm. So it's kind of hard for them to tell what exactly was affected inside of the brain. They just knew it would take up to six months for the actual injury itself to finish healing. So you go home from the hospital and what's next? You know, do you do you continue to teach your yoga? Do you can do you go right back to work? No. <laughs> so I go home from the hospital and what's next is it's just a hard stop. Mm. Um it's it's a very much everything was on hold. I couldn't read or write honestly for about like 2 weeks. I could, it was just difficult um mm -hmm. and even when it became easier, it was still my ocular motor endurance was just poor. It took a long time to comprehend what I was reading or to read a long amount at one mm -hmm. time. Um, so that in itself was frustrating. I had ringing in my ears beyond belief, and that lasted for a while. So for about the first month, I didn't drive. I didn't work. I, I literally just had to stop. Um, I would listen to instrumental music maybe or – um, the show Bewitched um, <laughs> with, uh, from the 60s or whatever. I, I know all I the episodes, yeah. so I would just turn it on and just, like, close my eyes and, like, listen to it just because that was – I just had to stop and do nothing. And um, it took me a while before I was able to even resume a little bit of normal life. I think I didn't drive for almost a month, and when I did, I took off one of my side mirrors on a trash can, like, the first time, and I was like, oh – Never mind. <laughs> Heading back home and <laughs> waited in a couple more weeks. Um, it was scary, honestly. And then as far as work, I went back part time after a month and um, just kind of slowly got used to it. And yoga, I think I waited almost two months to teach um, because I really took quite a bit of time to even get back to my practice as a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started to think, okay, getting back into my yoga practice, what is that going to entail? I knew I couldn't handle just jumping right back in. So I would say mid-September, I began to compile this brain repair plan of care. And mm. that's where I just looked for any kundalini exercises that had to do with the brain because there are thousands of kriyas and meditations out there, and a lot of them get really specific. So balancing the left and right hemispheres of the brain or coordinating the pineal and the pituitary gland, um, or even just straight up for the frontal lobe, which is what I hit. Remind me, what is the name of your book? It's The Brain Repair Plan the of brain Care. Repair. And when I say her, her book, I'm talking about this beautiful binder she created. She showed me before we started recording the podcast, it is the most like color-coordinated, tabbed binder. It's like I, I myself would never be able to create something like that because my brain doesn't work that way. It's beautiful. It's well, beautiful. My brain didn't really work at all. So <laughs> I just kind of went back to like my OCD tendencies of like just organizing. But even I was more like, so <laughs> to create something like that, recovering from a brain injury, Hanley, that's it, yeah. impressive. It was fun. It was, yes. um, it was, it was very, it was fun. And it, I would just allowed it to build over time and I would just do whatever I could for a day and then take a break. 
and then come back to it the next day and I just let it build and build and it did become quite comprehensive. And so by the time that I was actually ready to start meditating, I had some resources mm. and I, need, I was familiar with like the tools that I needed to use. In looking at your book, you have all the exercises or like photocopies of all these exercises as well as some documented research. I, I can imagine after your accident that you started delving into studies of the brain. Can you share a little bit about that? Definitely. Um, yeah, I was I was super confused even as I started to get better. I was like, okay, now why is this happening or why is that happening? And I was like, you know what? Let's just find out what's happening in general inside of my head. Because um, I, I work in healthcare, so in school I had a little bit of anatomy, physiology, and all of that, but not extensively. And the brain is pretty powerful, and it I've come to realize that it's pretty – it's so amazing that we should all kind of take a moment just to see what all it's doing for us because it's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Your brain is operating at a very powerful level all the time, even when you're asleep. Um, and I just wanted to know kind of what the inner workings of that was. And so I began to research just the parts of the brain and then the chemical communication of the brain. And it was honestly so reassuring when I started to learn because there are certain things that happen, like if you hit the left front side of your head, then you might have issues with depression. And if you hit the right front of your head, you might have issues with like anger and outbursts. And I honestly, I did go off on like two people that I had just been like trying to do tolerance and patience and da 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 da. And I, I literally did a couple of times lose my cool in a way that I usually don't. And now, and um, a couple of members of my family were like, oh, she's changed forever. This, this is the way it is now. <laughs> Her brain will never be the same. And it's just that, no, it, it took a hit and the processing there is going slower. So it was almost like I gained some validation. I was like, that's why I experienced this issue. Um, and then like another one is your, I didn't know that your temporal lobe kind of sits underneath your other lobes and it's not as directly attached and it almost sits in a bowl in your brain. And when you hit the head, even if you hit the front, like the force of it will cause the temporal lobe to bounce around in that little bowl at the base of mm. your brain. And it's kind of sharp and it can even like get nicked and cut a little bit. And that's what causes the ringing in your ears and problems with balance and things like that. And so that made a lot more sense. So all of your studies, it sounds like they they helped you, one, to understand yourself and what you were going through, but two, to kind of create some optimism for your future. Definitely. Because one, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and two, just to know that it, it is possible to change this. I don't have to feel this way. I don't have to be angry all the time. Definitely. And it's interesting how much your brain will change. Um, your brain literally changes shape as it creates new pathways and learns. So you can actually change the shape of your brain. So the, it really is a limitless thing. Um, so incredible. It was very empowering um, and, re and reassuring, for sure. And from what you were saying before the podcast, if you could share a little bit about your studies, this is pretty new information, or at least some of it is. You were saying in the 1990s, they discovered a lot of things. That's not that long ago. Not that long ago. Um, yeah, the 1990s, I think Congress declared it decade of the brain because it was in those 10 years that we understood more about the brain than we've ever known um, previously. So we really, all this information, it 
it's new mm-hmm. and, and it's always changing. Whatever we know is what we know today because there's more research being done. But and it can change next week. It could change next week. It could it could be changing in this moment. Yeah. Um, and it probably is. And now that we understand so much more about the brain in general and the way it works, now we can take all this yoga and this meditation and start to research that and its effects on the brain. So just understanding the brain in, in itself, we're, we have so much more access to what the healing modalities can be for the brain. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that yoga and meditation and the other things that you did to assist you in your recovery. You had shared that before the accident, you were a yoga teacher and, and doing meditation as well. And we talked about how that could have could have acted. We don't want to make any assumptions, but it could have acted as a preventative. Oh yes, for your actual injury because you had already been using your brain so much in that way. After your accident and going into your recovery, you said two months before you started teaching again. What are some of the other things that you did to assist yourself? And and what I really want to hear is how you just shocked your doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's fun to do. Because <laughs> we know that you healed quicker than six months. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So um, so for the first couple of months when I couldn't do anything physically, um, I would also lay down and listen to mantra music. So there's a lot of kundalini yoga mantras that are composed of primal sounds. So it sounds that your brain is already in accordance with. And so when your brain hears these sounds, it fast tracks the benefit that you're getting from these mantras and the connections are just that much quicker. Mm. So it was kind of like introducing something that was already familiar to my brain. So I would literally just get up in the morning and lay on the ground and listen to mantra. And then I got to meditation and yoga after that, which I know we've discussed a little. Um, On top of that, I also went to a few sessions for Reiki with Jen from Full Circle Studio. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Love you, Jen. And uh, she is, that was, that was awesome. She would, she could actually feel the injury in my session when she first worked on me. And she was like gentle and made me feel comfortable. And whenever I would go see her afterwards, I, my body would just feel so refreshed and I would crave more water, better nutrition other things that would promote healing, I would just naturally crave a little bit more. And just to move all the stagnant energy in my body and even the stagnant blood in my head, that was really beneficial with Reiki. Um, uh, Another one that I did was I was already under care with Compass Family Chiropractic in Dunwoody. And um, Dr. Anne-Marie is amazing there. And she, I had been under their care for the six months prior to go ahead and correct some issues I was having in my neck. So when you talk about preventative work before, I am very convinced that I would have long-term damage if I hadn't been under their care mm-hmm. from the way that I hit my head because it was my head, but the force of it went all the way through the top of my cervical spine, and that was where a lot of discord was mm-hmm. after the injury. So they were able to go in and actually measure the stress in my nervous system. They have some really cool NASA released tool that they use to go in and actually see subluxations in the spine that represent nervous system stress. And when they, um, when they did that after my injury, uh, my cervical spine was like off the chart. They were like, we can't actually record the stress because it's so much. It's like, it was kind of shocking. And, um, they quickly within two months had gotten that back 
to where I was pre-injury. So that That's was amazing. dramatic. Um, and it was also nice because that was tangible. I could see the reports. We were able to measure it as we went. Um, a lot of this has just been intuitive guessing mm -hmm. and listening to myself, but that was a time where I was able to say, look, there is X amount of nervous system stress that is gone in, in my neck, in my brain, like, and it was, that was um, super empowering. So I'm, I'm in your doctor's office. I'm just I'm creating a scene here, and I'm Hanley, and I tell my doctor, doctor, I've been doing, I've been having Reiki sessions. I, I've been doing, listening to mantras. I've been meditating. I've been doing my kundalini practice, been seeing my chiropractor. How does your doctor respond? So I actually went through um, a couple different doctors out of the hospital. Um, I am really particular about like, I want to feel like I'm being listened to. Mm -hmm. That is like my number one thing. Like if I got to feel like you're involved with my care in an, on an individual and unique basis. <laughs> and I don't want to I think be that's like, one what? of the things that's forgotten a lot is that, you know, we are paying our doctors just like we're paying our chiropractor. And to demand that kind of care and demand might be a, a heavy word, but it's true. We have we have the absolute right to see whoever we want. And if we don't feel listened to, to move on and find someone that does. Yes. And that's, I mean, I asked around, I got recommendations and I really did my research um, because I, yeah, I, I need to, I need to feel like you're not just putting a blanket answer over an issue and that we're getting to the core. And I think that it does demand a lot of a doctor when you feel that way, but it also adds an element of respect that they get because mm -hmm. I really... I'm giving you something so precious, which is my care and for healing. And, and then it's a it's a patient doctor collaboration. Exactly. Yeah. And so I found that doctor, um, Dr. Howard of Emory. He does a lot of work with the Falcons and concussion recovery. So he was awesome. I even took my brain repair, <laughs> plan of care in there. And I was like, look, some of this is kind of rigorous. I need you to tell me it's okay. Like, mm -hmm. and he was patient and explained everything. And I went to go see him probably in uh, late October. And he was like, look, come back in December. We'll get another scan. He's like, hopefully after your, after your December scan, maybe only two more scans. And he was like, hopefully by March or April, we're not having to do any more scans mm -hmm. on you. So, um, I like left him and I, I didn't see him again for a couple months. And when I came back for my scan in December, um, all the blood was gone. Amazing. Crazy. So it was, it was wild. I was like, I'm sorry, can you repeat that like 20 you. times? <laughs> and that wasn't really what you were even envisioning. No, right? you not were just at all. so focused on getting better, healing, all of that. It wasn't like, I'm going to get this done before this date. Oh my gosh, no. I was like, so what a beautiful surprise. Yeah, I was, I was super, super happy about that one. And I think um, the, the office was too, when they called me, they were like, we don't really get it, but we see it, and this is what – there is no blood. So um, not to say that any any lasting effects weren't there, but that was a huge hurdle. Um, and it's just nice, too, not to have to go back and continually get inside a CT scan. Like, that's – That's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And you're, you're just radiate – you radiate when you talk about it because it must have been such an amazing – moment in your life to hear that the scan was clear. Oh yeah. That, I mean, it was just like, 
permission for it was honestly it was so awesome for me because it was um permission to get out of my own head Mm. because at that point I was feeling better so I wanted to push myself but then I'd start to feel worse and I'd be like oh no should I retract back like am I aggravating something in my head and it was just nope you're clear no more no more feeling like you got to be wishy-washy just set your path and heal yourself for real now because all of the like work of clearing the blood and making sure that everything is where it's supposed to be in your body is done. So this was in December of 2018. Yes. And and today we are, it's March 2019. Yes. This is not that long ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> so how are you feeling now in your recovery and what things are you doing to continue, you know, to do in your own life to heal? Um. So now it's more that I feel like I am... back and now it's more like fine tuning my routines and um, especially my morning routine because before I hit my head I was usually up at like 5, 5.30 at the latest, meditating. I was like, I got some time for me before I started You kundalini people. <laughs> it's like, it becomes like a thing you Our can't live without. Our 5 a.m.ers. <laughs> yeah. It is a thing, right? A lot of us are 4 a.m.ers and like, it's it's wild, but it's- you, I love it. I you, love it. It's just yeah. like, it's a time for you before the day starts and it's like, you just go ahead and you do like the most fulfilling work on yourself. Even if I would get up for just a few minutes, like that would, it would always be a dedicated thing. I mean, what's um, really beautiful about it is it's like you said it's dedication but it's literally hours of self-care before the sun even comes up yes how beautiful is that to start your day in that kind of way and it always defines your day when you do that like I never get up early and then regret getting up early I'm never like oh I should have slept in instead of meditating like I'm like like said said me never like that was never never never. all the time all the time it's it's always worth it so now it's just that um uh, now I'm just kind of getting back to those routines and that consistency that I had um over the past couple years I've done a bunch of 40-day meditations for specific things um and I've done one for caliber twice <laughs> before before I hit my head. So that was something that I had really tried to develop was consistency and caliber. So I was going to say I for our that. listeners who don't know what a forty day meditation about caliber is, <laughs> can you just give us a little bit more detail? Yeah, um, forty day meditation for caliber is to give you the strength and dedication to keep getting up for more forty day meditations. Um, It was uh, like, even if I would just do three minutes a day, whenever I choose a 40-day meditation, I'll say, okay, I'm going to do this for eight or 11 minutes a day for the next 40 days. On my my off days, when I feel like I can't make it, then I do three minutes. And um, that's... That's just something that you can do to create a serious and lasting change in your life. When you do something for 40 days, it sets the pattern. Um, It's a magical number. And that's when you actually change things at the root because it is so subconscious. It's your nervous system and it's your old patterns in your frontal lobe that you're changing when you do this work. And that is what when you do it for 40 days. It's like you showed up to the work so hard that it's just committed to you now. Mm. So that's kind of... That's really beautiful. Yeah. I've done um, two 40-day meditations since I hit my head, but they were like like the struggle style. So now I'm just getting back to like that consistency. So as we're wrapping up, my biggest question that's coming to mind is how has your life changed? Because that is, you know, we go through traumatic events. We go through this healing process there's got to be some change going on. Definitely. 
Um, that's one thing that everybody always asks. They're like, do you feel like you're back to normal the way you were before? And I just tell people I don't really want to be back to normal the way I was before because it's been a change and it was a learning experience. So it has enabled me to grow. And now I am a little bit more paced. Mm. Um, I, I, I feel like it's okay to stop. After you take a month off life, like <laughs> little things just, they, they seem like they'll get done yeah. and it will get there. And I'm just, I'm giving myself more forgiveness these days, more acceptance on meeting myself where I'm at and um, just enjoying moving in that manner and not holding myself to unrealistic expectations. Because, I mean, we all do it. Like, we all, we want to go, go, go. And even when it's like you're fulfilling your purpose and you're in your zone, you still sometimes can always take a reminder to take a step back. Mm -hmm. So over this next year, I just don't want to forget that feeling of knowing how important it is to stay paced. Mm. So I would say pacing is the biggest thing. I always think it's like creating room for pause. Yes. You know, just when you can really stop and just be in the present and enjoy life. It's it's this really amazing thing that's I think we take for granted. Oh, because you know, we're so busy or thinking about the next thing or I've got to do this and then I've got to do that and then after that I got to do this and then but when we just stop and we get present it's yeah everything if we just stop and become that way then typically some of those things that we are running to with so much effort just gravitate towards us mm -hmm. so being able to learn that like there's a release to receive um, and learning to not just survive, but thrive yes. within those moments. Absolutely. Like, those are like that. It's a really magical thing when um, you can allow space for that to just happen. Because so many of us go through our days in survival mode instead of thrivable mode. Definitely. You just wake up every morning and go, I'm going to get in some thriving mode. Yeah. Right? Imagine how <laughs> quickly that turns things around rather exactly. than I'm just going to survive yeah. today. So you have created a six week class and it's called um I'm just doing a brain boost yoga series okay um and I'm doing that at full circle studio we finished up week three last night and I'm sure it will be taught again in the fall and for years to come but it's basically a series where you can come and each day learn about a different part of the brain after we learn then we do kundalini exercises for that specific part to strengthen and maintain its function and it's for everybody. And it's for everybody. You don't have to have any. That's the best part about all of this is you don't have to have any yoga experience whatsoever. Kundalini is the yoga for everyone. Mm -hmm. It is actually made for householders and just re like people who need that divine sanctity in their lives without having to, you know, just totally mm -hmm. devote their lives to basking in spiritual glory. Like it's like when you still have to get some stuff done, but you you need that check in with your highest self. Like Kundalini is a very accessible way to do that. So it's for everybody. So I know your program will be done by the time this podcast comes out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you go to Hanley's website, which is kundalinihanley.com, and you can also find her on Instagram, mm -hmm. Kundalini Hanley. Yes. H A N L E Y. Kundalini Hanley, and you said you're going to be creating some more series. Definitely. And we can find more about your classes there, and who knows what you're going to just stir up in the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> got this got this brain that's just working so much better now, so who knows what's next. But. I think it's absolutely beautiful that you have healed from this traumatic 
brain injury and that you are passing the knowledge along to others to help heal them. Oh, definitely. And you don't have to have a brain injury to boost your brain. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a good, you can start right now and go ahead and keep it sharp and keep it strong. We all need our brains. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, they do a lot for you. They do. <laughs> like pretty much everything. So we got to keep them sharp and keep them strong. Well, I am so honored that you joined me today in the studio and that you shared your story with us. It's such an honor to be in front of you and to hear your journey in such a short period of time. Thank you. Colleen, the honor is all mine. I appreciate you having me. And um, I would just encourage everybody, just get to meditating. (laughs) (laughs) Good advice. Right. (laughs) I mean, really. (laughs) Amazing advice. And it, it really changes. Meditation not only changes your brain structure, and that's shown by science. It's not just something I'm saying, but it actually can shift your emotions and your the way that you react to Mm -hmm. daily life. Yeah. Uh, One of Yogi Bhajan's biggest things was um, act, don't react. Mm. So like giving you that sense of mind with meditation to always be able just to pause and say, where do I want to go? Instead of just being a soundboard that's like bouncing off of everything. Yeah. That's a great quote. It really is. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to the Heal Yet podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Heal Yet Podcast as well as Facebook. If you like what you're listening to today, share us with your friends and like and subscribe and review us on iTunes and all of those wonderful podcast outlets. Thank you so much and have a great day. The ideas expressed by guests are not necessarily Colleen's personal beliefs. Information received from Hilia is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. See and hear more from Colleen by subscribing to The Lighter Side Network at www.thelightersidenetwork.com. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary.